Employability is woven through communicating for success. And that is a main feature. And employability is a hot topic across the world in the political sphere, in the education sphere, and governments are directing universities to do more. And directed, I'm talking about legislation. With that as the backdrop or that as the, the context, it was time to write an edition of textbook with that being a main theme throughout. One of the important aspects of employability is this employability literacy, which can work on a few levels, but one of them is being able to present yourself to employers in the language they want to hear. And that's my connection point about this self-presentation. If we look at our list broadly, we'll see the ability to articulate oneself in written and spoken form. And then as we go down the list, we've got words like persuade and motivate. And when we apply for employment, we're trying to persuade and motivate, right? We're trying to persuade potential employers that we're worth hiring. And to do that, we need to present ourselves in a way that is attractive to them. Now, that is an important example of an employability literacy. It's not the only employability aspect of communicating for success, but it's a really important one. Yeah, it's interesting, Chris. I find that when I first hear the presenting employability in in the in the language of the employers and you know what they want to hear it's it's a little bit confronting because it's kind of like we all kind of feel like I've got a valuable story to tell and I can tell it in my own way and and I guess you know while that's my first thought I also think well part of it is you're getting the attention of that employer so you can come in and then truly offer your kind of broad and interesting and diverse self to that role as well so it's I do get the idea it's also a kind of a reality of of how we start well, engaging in our employment, I guess. It, it, it is, Michael. And yeah, when we apply for a job at an organisation, it's within an industry, whether it be private or, you know, government sector, say if it was the health sector, a hospital or a school, and they have their culture and they have their discourse, that is their language. So you just using that as, as an example... I mean, they want somebody to walk in job ready, who's comfortable and can speak to them in their language. But I still think that doesn't uh, necessarily mean that, that we have to present a, a one-dimensional view of ourselves and the richness. And I guess it's a balancing act as life is in just getting the balances right. When we're entering university, same thing goes. We've already entered, so... Assuming that we've already entered, we don't have to persuade anybody to take us in. But if we want to succeed and do well in our assignments, once again, we need to show our comfort and our prowess, for want of a better word, in the language of the subject matter that we're studying when we're producing a particular assignment. Because that is what the lecturer or the marker will be after. They want to see because the language are the labels given to the principles and concepts that they're wanting you to learn about. Yeah, it's, it's kind of evident in many aspects of our life, Chris. There's a certain language that shows your your competence so that, that you kind of had a seat at the table in many ways. And I don't think it's it's intended to be 
kind of exclusionary but the, the reality is that for, for many disciplines and areas it's kind of a, a language certain things that, that qualify within those disciplines as evidence that you can be a part of this world and it's it's, it's interesting it's both kind of challenging that that we would need to do that but also it's good to know that it exists because it allows us to to start communicating in a way that allows us to grow in that discipline i think chris Good points, Michael. It is possible to fall into the trap of thinking, well, okay, so I've got to persuade my marker and so I can think, well, oh, I don't really want to use this term, but inverted commas here, I'll, I'll suck up to the marker and, or the lecturer by putting in all the you know, language and um, that'll do it. Look, honestly, I'm not being critical of, of people who, who do this because we're all learning after all. But, you know, I've, I've seen this happen often in assignments where I'll see the language is all there but the argument and knowledge isn't demonstrated. I think that, you know, the student put the assignment in in the hope that the language would do the, would do the job, <laughs> would make up for, you know, other lackings, let's say. But uh, there is a balance. So, yeah, I'm glad you brought it up because I think that we can go down the wrong path and be misled on that. At the same time, I certainly am a big believer and promoter of the idea that we are here to increase our vocabulary. And that can sound very exclusionary or snobbish. Uh, yes, there, there can be those elements to it. Look, in my very first assignments, I would have been a little guilty of this myself of not just using the trying to use the using the vocabulary but using big let's say fancy words in an assignment hoping that that would somehow impress it's a bit of a balancing act i think isn't it and learning those skills is important as a student for for getting into your discipline it is and you know responsiveness and adaptability it fits into that communicating for success we do talk throughout the book about the importance of balance, and, and that's your point. We can overdo or underdo things, not just communication lecturers, but across disciplines wide and far. The trend or the, the culture today is, and in employment and in organisations as well, I may add, is for clear, direct communication, which is a skill and it's a fun skill to develop. I personally find it quite enjoyable. As I started university and I saw my skill develop in being able to be really clear and precise. And when I read an assignment and it has an introduction and it succinctly and clearly says what it needs to, may take a technical term or two in there, but it's not relying on that. I always write back a comment to the student about how well that they've done that. And it's important to do so because when we're applying for a job or we're communicating to somebody, and in this example I just gave doing an assignment, the reader wants to look at it and understand exactly what your points are really quickly and really easily. Thank you, Michael. My pleasure, Chris. It's always a pleasure to, to engage in these discussions. I think it's really important for those of us who have, have been engaged in higher education studies in the past to, to pass on our experiences. And, and, and I'm sure the people listening to this will be passing on their experiences to others in the future.